excellence expected. The Inspirational Business Advice Podcast. Hello and welcome to Excellence Expected. My name, as ever, is Mark Asquith. Now this week, I am going to talk about something that is on a lot of people's minds at the moment. It's something that is, I wouldn't say it's becoming buzzworded, but it's certainly becoming prominent, especially for business people who are looking to increase their marketing activity, but perhaps don't quite know what to do. So this week, I'm going to talk about growing your business through a powerful personal brand. We're going to talk about what that means, what that entails, and actually some of the results that you can expect from doing so. And with me this week, I have a really, really interesting guest. I spoke to this person, I believe on Twitter first, actually, and from the moment I figured out what what this person does for a living and everything around how he presents himself and how he goes about his business, it just really, really intrigued me. And I thought, well, what a fantastic guest. So with me this week is Mr. Greg Taylor. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Mark. My pleasure. My pleasure. So, Greg, you're from the Marketing Press, and obviously I've looked on the website doing the research for the show, but tell the guys listening what Marketing Press is and and what your business does. Sure. So, Marketing Press is, uh, at its core, it's a WordPress development company. And what we do is, that sets us apart from other companies, is we, we take data And what we want to do is we want to make data-driven decisions for everything that we do on the web so that it it enhances, you know, our clients' goals and it moves them towards those goals down the track. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that everything we do is attached to a goal and it's goal-oriented. And uh, we use data, uh, you know, again, to divide our development process. That's really interesting. So it is, I mean, there are a thousand and one web development agencies out there and so many people working with WordPress, you know, it's a platform of choice for, you would imagine probably anyone these days working in a web dev environment. It's certainly an option, isn't it? So how does that data drive that development? How do you tend to marry the two together? I'm really intrigued by that. So what we do is, you know, we want to, we want to look at the historical data. So, you know, hopefully the client has some sort of analytics attached to their site their existing site before we get called in to do the build. And what we'll do is we'll review those analytics. We'll talk about, you know, to the business owners and to the frontline people, what are the goals of developing the new site? You know, I always use the old cliche that nobody wakes up in the morning and says, you know, today's a fantastic day for us to develop a new website. You know, something's broken. So something within the business is broken. So what we want to do is we want to diagnose, see what's broken, how can we fix it? And then what we'll do is we'll look at data to see if, if data points any type of points out any glaring disconnects that we can go ahead and fix when we're doing the new development. And then on the back end, post-launch, you know, we get a whole new data set. And what we'll do is we'll compare the historical data to the new data and we'll make sure that we're down, we're on the right path. That must be really reassuring for, for your clients as well, actually, Greg, because you know what it's like in web dev. It, it sometimes is about the technology and it sometimes is about, you know, the bells and the whistles and delivering something that, that looks really good, but actually doesn't perform. That's a sad state of the web industry at times. And yeah, absolutely. So, you, you know, we always say that anybody can make something look pretty, but without data backing up your decisions, you're really just guessing. So what we want to do is we want to take all the guesswork out of things because let's face it, 
you know, when they hire marketing press, we're going to learn a whole lot about their business. But at the same time, we're not going to know every little piece, every little part of their business like they do. And a lot of times they don't even know every little part of the business. So what we do is we let data bridge any of those gaps and we go, we make, you know, educated decisions based upon the data. I think that's, that's so important these days as well. You know, in, in a, in a world where frugality is commonplace, where businesses are looking at what they can, I wouldn't say what they can cut back on, but they're certainly considering much more what they spend and when they spend it. For a business like yours who are, you know, frankly competing with a thousand other web developers at any one time, to be able to go in there and say, well, look, guys, yes, we can make it look good and yes, we can make it functional and yes, we can actually also make it perform based on this that has gone before it and you know this that we measure moving forward that for any marketing department any marketing director you just must be a godsend <laughs> <laughs> you, you you know actually uh, yes and no a lot of times we challenge their traditional thinking so i mean at, at that point you know we want to always come in and say look we're on the same side here we want want what's best for the business so a lot of times you know we unveil and we, we reveal and uncover some things that they had no idea about. They had no idea what was going on. So, you know, from, from that point, uh, it, it can be quite interesting from some time, <laughs> time to time. Yeah, I, I imagine you uncover some real truths that people perhaps didn't quite understand were there sometimes. You know, it's, the data analysis is always something that's really, really interesting when you think about especially how users use their websites and how... People, especially in business, perceive their own websites to perform when the data is married entirely against that. You know, there, there are different stores in there. What I believe to be true is not necessarily true. So I imagine that is really, really fun from your perspective. Yeah. And, and, and the, the fact is we're coming in there with no agenda other than help the business, you know, meet their goals. So what the data says is what the data says. You know, we have no you know, the reason to spin it or do anything to it other than take it, disseminate the data and say, okay, this is where we should go. And once we get client buy-in at that point, you know, we can start talking about strategy. And then once the strategy is in place, then we can start talking about a design. You know, I always say you can strategize, you can't design, you can design to any strategy, but you can't strategize to a pre, you know, a, a pre, something that's already designed. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of people get too keen and they get too eager uh, and they sort of, I wouldn't say they're sold on the pretty things, but they want to get mm -hmm. to that fun stage quite quickly, don't they? And without the planning, without the bedrock, there's no foundation right. for that to sit upon. So I, I, I can entirely, entirely uh, agree with that. I absolutely agree. I think, it's, I think it's so vital for people to take stock of where they are and where they want to be in any project, regardless of whether it's web. As a businessman and as a business person, you do need to think, well, look, Actually, why am I doing this? As you as you so eloquently put it, no one wakes up and thinks, today's a fantastic day to redevelop a website. Yeah, so right. <laughs> I, I love that approach. So that's marketing press, really, really interesting. And I love the way that you do the business and I love the way that you pitch the business. But let's dig into Greg Taylor a little bit. Where did you come from, Greg? What's your background? So uh, I live in the southwestern part of the United States here in, uh, in Arizona. And uh, I actually grew up in the East Coast, in uh, right outside of New York City. I, I grew up there, and I, I went to college at a local college in New Jersey. And uh, I studied marketing. Marketing was just always my, always my passion. You know, when I was in college, I thought that you know Greg Taylor wanted to 
work on Madison Avenue with all the other big ad execs and all the big ad agencies. And uh, when I landed an internship there, I lasted two days because it wasn't quite for me, but I still stayed in love with marketing. And from there, you know, I've just followed the path of direct mail marketing and then, you know, print advertising and then just has, the, you know, came about on the whole continuum to the web. You know, I, I'm a marketer by, by degree and by, uh, by trade. You know, I fell into the web development part because what we were doing is we were trying to help all these brands market with terrible, you know, poorly developed websites. So Marketing Press came about because let's, we said, let's help these clients market themselves, but let's build them a platform where they can do so. What I love about that is the, 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 the agility. You know, when you speak to marketers sometimes, I mean, certainly when I come across it, you know, in my day job at DMSQD, it's very, very interesting because... Some marketers move with the times and do exactly what you do, which I find fantastic. But there are so, so many that actually sit back and say, well, actually, guys, you know what? I'm not, I'm not really into digital. I'm a traditional marketer. And I, I personally, I don't know how you feel about this, group, but I don't see how there can be a distinction. You're either a marketer or you're not. You know? And if you're a marketer, you have to move with technology. You have to move with trends and with you know, the things that are, are ultimately there to benefit you and your customers. So... I, I love that. I love that agility that you bring to the table, really, with that. Yeah, it's either you evolve with the times or you get left behind. I mean, it's a, it's just a simple fact. Yeah, I would totally agree. And I, I, it's something that it's something that we discuss quite a lot at the studio ourselves when you think about, well, we are all here to do a job, but listen, guys, you've got to get your head out of the sand sometimes and say, where are things going and what do I need to do to personally develop myself so that my skills don't become outdated and when you're so busy working and you're so busy doing what you do, you know what it's like. It's so easy to fall behind a little bit. And, I, you know, that evolution is so, so vital, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, speaking, you know, as personal brand and professional, you know, personal development as a professional, you know, that stuff is so important. You know, things that I learn, I learn every, I learn every day. And the way that I learn every day is by, you know, listening to podcasts like yours, listening to podcasts like uh, John Lee Dumas' Entrepreneur on Fire, you know, working with my team. You know, all the guys on my team are top-notch developers and marketers. They teach me something every day. And what we do is we try to learn from one another and we put, our, we put each other out there where, you know, we're a little vulnerable, where we can take risks with one another and, you know, where, where nothing is assumed, you know, just because I, you know, founded the business and run the business doesn't mean that I know everything. So I rely on my team quite a bit to help me elevate my game. And, it, it, and that's something that, you know, I've always wanted to do is I've always wanted to keep learning. I've always wanted to keep growing personally and professionally in pretty much everything that I do, whether it be you know, web development or if it uh, in personal side, me playing music, playing the guitar, anything like that. I just always want to keep getting better and just keep growing as a person. It's the forward motion, isn't it? It's what keeps things interesting. It's so important to not get bored. You know, in business, you can sometimes get bored. And even, as you say, with the guitar playing, you know, if you're not, if you're not constantly pushing yourself and developing your technique, you can just get bored of that. It's, it's such a fantastic mindset to have. And I really, really, really admire that you've got that and you're able to actually live it. You know, there are a lot of people that say they do it, but perhaps don't quite have the time or the perceived time to do that. So the fact you do it every day, I'm in love yeah, with that. And the, 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 I appreciate that. And the time thing is huge <laughs> because I've always found that I, I can make time for anything I'm passionate about. 
there's always enough time in a day, whether it's, you know, going for a run and keeping up with fitness, or if it's, you know, playing music, or if it's professional growth or attending conferences, speaking at conferences, you know, I, there's always enough time in a day to, to make that stuff happen. I love that. I think that's fantastic. And I think, you know, if we were to end the podcast right here, that's, that's a solid takeaway. Find the time for the passions because they will drive you forward, whether it's business, whether it's exercise, whether it's music, whatever that is, you've got to find that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. That's fantastic. So we're going to talk about personal brand, aren't we? We're going to talk about how you yourself as Greg Taylor put yourself out there and perhaps do some things that maybe made you uncomfortable to start with, whether it's speaking, content creation, blogging, whatever that may be. And we're here to talk really about how you can build a powerful personal brand. But not only that, how to realize that that's not just a buzzword. It's actually something that can have a tangible benefit on your business. Yeah, this is a topic that's always interested me. So uh, to me, a personal brand is somebody learning about me or seeing me uh, at a conference or reading about me and then meeting me in person and it being one congruent experience. So it's pretty seamless. So the way that they, you know, read about, read my tweets or read my blog posts and then they, you know, learn about me, you know, from somebody else and then they meet me in person. It's all one experience where they're not disappointed, where the brand lives up to, I guess what it was, all the buzz that it was meant to be. So I've done a lot of things, a lot of things that have made me uncomfortable professionally. And what I've learned is I have to do them often enough as while I'm uncomfortable in order to be, in order to get comfortable with them. So I, I you know, as a person, I, I, I'm a kind of a shy person until you get to know me and, you know, in crowds, I'm a sort of a shy person, but that's something I had to get over, you know, traditionally, you know, networking and meetup groups, things like that. You know, I would always be the quiet, shy person in the corner that would listen to the speaker and then leave until I stuck, I stayed around long enough that I made friends that networking was no longer that uncomfortable thing, you know, going to different conferences, you know, networking was then as something that I looked forward to because I was just catching up and seeing friends that I don't see all the time. So I just had to keep doing it. When it comes to speaking, you know, I speak at a lot of conferences, mostly uh, marketing and WordPress oriented conferences here over in the States. And I don't care who you are. You're always nervous before you get on stage. But at the same time, you can't let that nervousness and that anxiety paralyze you from not doing it and moving forward. Because all you need to realize is while you may not know every single thing about everything, you know a little bit more about your expertise than somebody in that crowd. And they're there to see you. And all you're doing is sharing your knowledge and some of your experience with them. And just from there, you know, those were the biggest things that I did. You know, I spoke a lot. I got myself known in the community, you know, and the easiest way to get yourself known within any community is by doing good work. I mean, if you do good work, people are going to take notice and people are going to start you know, noticing and wanting to meet you and learn about you. I think one thing to pick up on out of everything that you've just said there, Greg, to be honest, is that, that, that cohesive approach, that congruence, the way that you, you, you want people to link up every experience that they have with you. And I think that's so important for any brand, but when you apply that to personal branding, I just want to explore a, a little bit more around that. So obviously the speaking is a massive thing and the way that you position yourself as an expert in your field through speaking is, is superb. But how does that tie into everything else that you do? Now, when I look on Marketing Press website, 
it's filled with value. It's filled with blogs and content and, and, and video and everything that just adds value for the, the customer and for any prospects out there. So how do you tie that all together? You know, I, I think the easiest way for me to tie things together is by being totally transparent uh, when I'm speaking or when I'm writing blog posts for marketing press. You know, I'm not hiding anything. I, I, I'm definitely not hiding who I am and the voice that I use when I write or, you know, the voice that I use when I write is very, very similar to the voice that I use when I speak. So what I want to do is I want to make sure that everybody in the audience, whether they read my my posts or they see me, you know, they get a sense of who I am and my personality. And I don't try to hide any of that. I think that people get in trouble with their personal brand when they try to hide different aspects or they're ashamed about different aspects about themselves. And me, I just try to put it all out there. And believe me, it, it, it was a process. It wasn't a very, very easy thing to do. And I remember a compliment that I got from uh, a, a WordPress professional over here at a, con uh, a conference who, and it was somebody that I looked up to greatly. And he said, you are exactly the way that I imagined you were going to be. And when he said that, it was just, it was like magic, like, aha, okay, I'm onto something with his personal brand. And the easiest way to develop a personal brand is just by being myself and helping and just putting my knowledge out there. That is really, really powerful. That entire approach of just being yourself, I think is, it's an emerging trend amongst people that perhaps don't feel they can be in business. You know, we, sure. when you think about social media, when you think about content that's out there, and you think about all these different lives that we lead, you know, you're Greg the musician, you're Greg the runner, you're Greg the business person, but actually you're not, you're just Greg. And I think that's so important when you consider how traditionally people separate these kind of lives. It's, it's becoming more and more impossible to do so because of the social media, because you pop up everywhere online. And I, I think that that approach that you have to the entire personal brand and everything being just, listen, guys, it's just me. I'm Greg. I think that's really, yeah, really powerful. So, so it, uh, it's a couple of things, you know, one, you know, I've, I learned early on in my career that I am not what I do. What I do is just a part of who I am. You know, it's, it doesn't define me. So that way it also frees me from successes and failures. It doesn't define me as a person. The other thing is that what you can do is you're free to go about and conduct yourself, you know, the same way you would on Twitter as you would at a, as a, at a cocktail party or as you would as, at a conference. There's no uh, pretentiousness. There's nothing that you need to hide or, you know, hold back on. If, if people don't want to work with you because of your brand, well, then, you know, th that's fine because that would be a terrible experience for me working with people who didn't like who we are. So what it is, is, you know, by putting out our personal brand and, you know, me and other professionals, we're able to attract the type of people that we really want to work with. And, and let's face it, you know, I started marketing press for a number of reasons. And one of them was to have fun while I was working <laughs> in, this, in this career of mine. And what I'm able to do is I'm able to work with a lot of fun people who are just like me with similar interests. And we do a lot of good work and we get a lot done. That's why we're in business. I mean, none of us really set up business to not have any fun. We all want to enjoy it and turn up at work. And I love that approach. And it's something that I advocate quite a lot myself is that, you know, we can choose who we want to work with. And frankly, you know, you're just, you're not going to get on with everyone. It's not, you can't click with everyone. You can't have a super relationship. And the fact that your personal brand 
it almost pre-screens people. You know, you've got you've got this idea that when you come to see me, Greg Taylor, you know what I am like. You know exactly who I am and what my tone will be and how I do my business. And if that's for you, that's superb. But actually, everyone that comes to see you theoret- theoretically knows enough about you that they all want to work with you. You're not going to, I would have thought, get the people that you're just not compatible with. Is that, yeah, yeah. Is that fair Absolutely. to say? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So while it wasn't designed and set out to qualify and, you know, disqualify people to work with, it is a great tool, you know, when you're yourself, that you, the people who are attracted to you and the people that you like and you want to work with, you know, you just click with and you know that you can do something great. You know, I just uh, I had a referral from a great client of mine for uh, to work with a gentleman in uh, Australia who was launching a new digital marketing firm uh, for his industry in Australia. And when we met, you know, it was such a strong referral from my client. And the number one thing that he said was, you guys are going to get on great together. And that's exactly what happened. And so, you know, while personal branding isn't meant to be a qualifier or disqualifier for potential clients, it, it actually ends up being one. And it's a super, super powerful tool. That's really inspiring, actually. I think we all know the power of recommendation and the fact that the recommendation was based largely on the fact that you knew that you would get along. That's, that's fantastic. For, for many businesses and many marketers, that's just, that's just an ideal world scenario. It's fantastic. But just to switch that on its head, as you became more confident at speaking and you were putting yourself out there, really, you know, putting yourself in more uncomfortable positions, putting your neck on the line, getting content and talks and seminars out there that people can, can lap up and enjoy. How did you find yourself dealing with any negative feedback? Was there a risk of saying, well, look, I may just stop doing this because I'm worried that that one or that two people just might not like it. How did you deal with that? Well, that, uh, you know, that's a fantastic question. And, the number, you know, number one cliche that I hate over here in the States is, you know, don't take it personally. It's just business. <laughs> and, and if you're passionate about your business, you're going to take it personally. So any type of, you know, negative criticism that I do receive, of course, you know, first thing I, I am going to take it personally, but any, but what I want to do is I want to sit back on it and say, okay, does this person have a valid, you know, is he criticizing me over a valid point? Did I maybe drop the ball here? You know, and then I can use that criticism as a critique for myself to become better. If I can look at it and they, I can say, this guy is way off base. He's just a troll or he's just, you know, a mean person, something like that. I can just do away with it and, and not, not even think about it again. Again, that was a learned behavior. And it's something that I think all of us as creative individuals you know, struggle with from time to time because we want people to, you know, we want our work to be received well and we want people to appreciate what we do. But at the same time, just like my brand is not for everybody, my work is not for everybody. We all have different tastes. We all have different criteria of what's good and what's not. So what I try to do with that is recognize that this person is, they're allowed to have their point of view. They're allowed to say whatever you know they want to say because I am putting myself out there as a public person. But at the end of the day, it doesn't define me whether or not one person likes me or likes what I did or doesn't. That is such a measured outlook from that. I really, really like that. And you know, even 
when I think back to my own experiences, even starting Excellence Expected, you know, episode one, wow, what a nerve wracking situation to be in. You're opening yourself up and you're, you're exposing yourself to this, this world of people that are just going to judge you based on what they hear or what they see from your work. And I love that really measured and fair approach. The fact that you, you, you know, you're aware that people are allowed to have these opinions and actually. And if you can turn it into a learning experience, to say, you know what, maybe I, maybe I do need to step up. Maybe I need to, need to do things differently. You know, if you can turn any type of negative into a positive by making it a learning experience, then you're way ahead of the game than, anybody, than anyone else. You know, I was talking to, uh, I actually had a coaching session with a fantastic lady called Dorothy Betts over in the UK today. And one of the things that she said today that really struck and, and resonated with me was, was in a similar vein, and, and it was, any feedback is a gift. And I just thought that's so positive, regardless of whether it's perceived criticism or praise, any feedback as, at all is a gift because you can use it as an education. And that, that is everything that you've just said right there. And I love that. I think it's such a valuable, valuable lesson for everyone. That Yeah. And one of the things is, you know, when I blog, you know, and there's negative comments when it, on a blog post or anything like that, I let them all come through. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, uh, suppress any blog comments that are negative. Now, anything that is, is hateful, you know, uh, race, religion, creed, or a personal attack, you know, you know, of course I won't let those come through, but anything else, if it's negative, I let it come through because what it is, if, the, if that person is passionate enough to leave a comment, whether it be positive or negative, it's a, it's a, it, it's an engagement point. So what I can do is then I can begin a conversation with that person, you know, and then we can start to learn from one another. And, and just because, you know, he didn't like what I did doesn't mean that a hundred other people, you know, feel the same way. You're right. What you're saying about the engagement, actually, when you think about that, I know it, it seems quite a throwaway thing when you think about a blog comment, but actually you do only get involved on blog commenting systems when you actually care, when you actually do want to say something valuable. And you're right, you know, there are trolls, there are people that just do it to be hateful and spiteful. But actually, for the most part, the blogging community and the people, especially when you're in such a niche, positive or negative, they're passionate about what they're saying. So I, I love that approach that it's engagement instead of positive or negative. It's just someone there that is willing to chat and you can form relationships based on any of that, can't you? Absolutely. And that's exactly what... And that's exactly what we try to do with everything when it comes to, you know, personal brand. Superb. Really interesting. Really interesting. So let's talk for a moment. We've, you know, we've spoken about what a personal brand means to you and, and, and the wider world around personal branding. But when we think about it, then what has been the tangible impact of building your own personal brand on marketing press? What has that brought to the table for the business? Well, I, I think it's twofold. You know, one, like we discussed, it, it's attracted clients that we really want to work with and clients that we can help because they sort of understand what they're getting into. The other side, from a business side of things, it also attracts talent that wants to work for us and that are like-minded, you know, and it's easier to attract people, you know, to work for us. So what it is, they know what they're getting into, you know, and anyone who's not you know, transparent or a good collaborator or a good teammate, you know, our company is not for them. So what we try to do is, you know, it's, it's twofold, you know, attracts clients, it attracts talent 
to come on and join the marketing press team. And again, it, it allows us to put out some really great work. I'm interested in that talent side, actually, because it's something that a lot of people, especially a lot of listeners out there that are perhaps only just being turned on to the idea that actually they are a brand as sure. a person. Finding yeah, talent, so, sorry, go on. No, so finding talent is one of the toughest things for any business and entrepreneur to do. Finding good talent at a rate that, you know, the business can afford is, is a tough task. And I'm not going to say that we're perfect at it. You know, it's something that we struggle with. But now five years into Marketing Press, we have a pretty solid team around us. And each one of these team members have come to us because they're a like-minded individual. They know who I am. They know what to expect from me. They know what to expect from the Marketing Press brand, our brand. And it's up to them to say whether or not they fit in personally and whether or not their personal brand fits in with our business brand. Because you have to remember, you know, everybody who's a professional essentially is trying to manage their own personal brand. And when brands come together and personalities come together, then some real good magic can happen. And, you know, you can collaborate and get a lot, a lot of good work done. And then, you know, everything else sort of falls into place, the revenue, the accolades, uh, awards, any of that stuff. What I find curious about that and really, really interesting is, is that approach around, well, I'll say that another way, actually. A lot of people set out with the destination in mind, which is fantastic. So they want to win an award. They want to work with a certain client, which, of course, is fantastic. But sometimes they don't quite know how to get there. And we talked on previous episodes about strate- uh, strategic planning and how, how to get there. And personal branding is such a strong way to do it because actually you just have some fun doing what you're passionate about. And these these accolades and these dreams that we want to achieve and everything that we aspire to falls into place because we just find our own way through doing what we enjoy. Is that is that a fair assessment of personal branding on the Absolutely. whole? Absolutely. Uh, 100%. And you know, one thing just to step back is, you know, I, I never wanted, I, I don't care whether or not Marketing Press wins any awards, you know, but I do care a whole lot whether or not my clients win awards. So if we can help set the clients up for success, our brand is positioned, you know, that much better. And, you know, everybody having everybody being conscious of their personal brand contributes towards that. I love the idea of the consciousness, actually. And that's, that's something that I want to talk about uh, in another form, I guess. I'm, 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 as I'm sat here, I'm pondering that still many, many people out there don't appreciate that actually, regardless of whether they want it or not, they do have a personal brand because they're on Twitter, they're on LinkedIn, they're on Facebook, they blog, they write, they, they feed back in some way online. So, why yeah, the you- minute the minute you start to publish something online, whether it's social or your blog, the the minute that you begin, your personal brand ha- has been born, and that's the way to look at it. Absolutely, entirely agree with that, and I think it's something that people are only really now starting to take seriously, aren't they? It's only now that they're thinking, whether it's from a negative perspective, like the Google opt-out, you know, remove me from Google, get rid of the results, or whether it's from a positive perspective where they're seeing clients coming in and saying, well, actually, you know what? The reason that I got in touch was because I really liked that article that you published, or I saw you on LinkedIn and someone referred you based on uh, something that you'd said or, you know, the way that you'd positioned yourself. Regardless of which way that they come into personal branding, there's no doubt that it's becoming more prominent in people's minds. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, employers look look towards personal brands before they hire somebody. 
you know, one of the first things that somebody's going to do, you know, before they get an interview with a firm or with a company is they're going to check out their LinkedIn page. They're going to look at their Facebook page. They're going to see what kind of brand does this person represent and how are they able to, how are they able to, you know, go ahead and, you know, work together. And that's, it's back to the pre-qualification, isn't it? It's back to the, the idea that we spoke about earlier that actually you can pre-qualify talent. You can, for the first time probably ever, you can reliably, reliably excuse me, pre-qualify potential employers, which is really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a two-way street, absolutely. And it's from an employer's perspective, I think that's another, another angle to be mindful of is that if you do run a business out there and, you know, regardless of how consciously you link yourself to that business online, you are inextricably linked. You will always be linked. No matter how far you distance yourself, someone will always make that connection. And it's vital to keep keep up appearances and, and, and have a very, very solid personal brand on every kind of medium that is genuine, fair, honest, and is a is just an honest representation of you as a person as opposed to this kind of... You think about the old resumes, the old CVs that people used to send out, and you think about the whole interview process. It was so easy to manipulate that. You could theoretically pop what you liked on a CV or a resume and practice getting good at interviews. But actually, these days, there's so much more around that because everything that you do is is there. Yeah, you know, you're, you're not only being evaluated by your professional skills and your skill sets, you're being evaluated on how you conduct and run your life. And, and that's pretty daunting if you think about it, right? So not only are employers or, you know, new clients evaluating you for the work that you do, they're evaluating, evaluating what type of person you are. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. And it's so, so important. And I think when you think about the words personal brand, I don't think people think about it like that. I think they they perhaps see it as this pie in the sky phrase, something that doesn't perhaps have meaning to them. And actually it does, doesn't it? It, it, it affects everyone that is in business who is on any kind of platform anywhere. Yeah. You know, personal brand in short is just, you know, how, how you publicly live your life in, you know, and how it's published basically. That's fantastic. Personal brand is how you live your life and how it is published. That's a fantastic, fantastic phrase. So, Greg, what we're going to do now is the famous Excellence Expected Actionable Takeaways. And I know you've been kindly working on three actionable tips on getting started or maintaining and managing your own personal brand for the listeners out there who are perhaps wondering where to get started. So let's hit the listeners with those tips, sir. So the first thing is, is be passionate about what you do and seek out opportunities to display your knowledge and to teach other people. If you can mentor or if you can go ahead and uh, help somebody else learn, you know, that's a great way to begin and, and to enhance your personal brand. And, you know, second point being, just put yourself out there, put yourself out there and let people know who you are and what you do. And the third oh, item is Greg, sorry, probably just, the most important, is be you, transparent. Hello? Sorry, Greg, I just lost you there. Okay, uh, I'll just start again. So the, the, the three takeaways I would, I would say is teaching. How can you teach other people and how can you put yourself out there to be positioned as a subject matter expert, you know, within what you do? 
And put yourself out there at conferences, you know, shake somebody's hand, go out there and look for speaking engagements. And the last one being the most important is transparency. You know, it, it, the, the way that you act online, the way that you act in blog posts should be exactly the way that you act in person. So that when people meet you, there's no disconnect, you know, between reading you or, or seeing you speak and then meeting you in person. And all of those takeaways, that everything that you said there, I mean, really, really powerful. And actually, they allow people to get started and, and, and just dip their toe perhaps into the grassroots events and things like the WordCamp. I mean, I know you speak at the WordCamps uh, over in the States and we have them ourselves over in Sheffield and Leeds, which I, on a side note, I absolutely love that WordCamp is everywhere. I think that's fantastic. Um, and, and being able to just dig in, even at grassroots level, it's not like you have to approach the big conferences, the big events. You can start out in a niche that you're very, very familiar with and expand from there, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You can start speaking in, in front of as little as five people, you know, and then, you know, someday hopefully it grows to a larger audience of 500. Yeah, I love that. That's fantastic. So bottom line, guys, is, is put yourself out there, you know, step out of that comfort zone. Think about what you enjoy, what you believe to be an expert in, what you're passionate about and what you enjoy talking about and start to get yourself out there. Start to put content together, whether it's blogging, whether it's audio, whether it's webisodes, whether it's video, whether it's speaking, whatever that might be, just start to put the feelers out and take some steps in the direction of exposure. So get yourself out there. Greg, that's a fantastic, fantastic insight, sir. Thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. So before we shoot off, just tell the listeners out there where they can find you online, sir. So you can find me in two places. You can go to the Marketing Press site, which is marketingpress.com. And then more about me, my professional abstract would be gregtaylor.net. And of course, I'm on Twitter. And my Twitter handle is at grtaylor2, the number two, grtaylor2. Go check Greg out, guys. You'll not be disappointed, especially if, you are, if you're looking to develop that personal brand. Head on over to marketingpress.com and check out Greg's other links online. I'll make sure that everything is in the show notes. Once more, sir, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. I had a lot of fun. Thank you very much for joining me, sir. I'm sure the listeners will uh, will lap that up as well. It's a fantastic episode. That's right, guys. For the show notes, head on over to excellence-expected.com, where, as ever, you can find links to iTunes, Stitcher, and, of course, you can also download your free copy of my ebook, The Essential 14-Day Guide to Cutting Your Working Hours and Increasing Your Impact. Until next time, guys, don't forget, the more you expect from yourself, the more you will excel. Bye-bye.